So when we talk about mental health, mental illness, we should approach it with an open mind and not with the stigma that often comes with you don't have enough faith. Listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. This episode is all about stigma, what we believe about mental health and mental illness. So in the last episode, um, I just pretty much gave a brief introduction to emotional healing and my own revelation about it and what it means to me more so than any serious or deep um, definitions or mental health diagnoses or anything like that. Just kind of giving an overview of why emotional healing, why embrace emotional healing in an effort to explain the podcast, the tagline, I guess is what it's called, <laughs> of how I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing. Uh, the second half of that, which is what we're going to be talking about today, is eradicating the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. Because the emotional healing part is less threatening in some some instances, it doesn't sound as threatening as when you say mental health or mental illness or mental disease, that seems a little bit more threatening or off-putting to some people, I would imagine. So uh, so today's discussion is more about why is there so much stigma around it? So we look at people in the world who do not align with the same beliefs that we have as believers we can almost oftentimes villainize ideas around human development and behavior, around psychology, around a focus or emphasis on the mind. But the mind is just a part of our soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And it's just a part of who we are as human beings. God created us this way. He created us as a spirit that possesses a soul that lives in a body and all the p- components and parts of us are connected. They're not disconnected. So when we talk about mental health, mental illness, we should approach it with an open mind and not with the stigma that often comes with, you don't have enough faith if you deal with depression. Depression is just an emotional response to circumstances. And clinical depression, by definition, is someone who, or a, con- a condition or issue where it is not resolved based on circumstances. It's more uh, prevalent or long-lasting or chronic. But they can be caused because of emotional distress, for sure, but they're also chemical imbalances that happen in the body, Chemicals are basically hormones. We have a whole medical makeup system. We have different systems and operating systems of the body. Um, so it's not foreign for something to get out of whack. It's not foreign for something to be off kilter. Part of the challenge is that we forget we're in fallen bodies. That impacts our physical 
bodies as well as our mental state. Um, we're in a fallen world. And so relationships, even, even creation, nature is fallen. And so the impact of that has, it, 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 it impacts us, um, in our everyday living, in our bodies, in our thinking, in our relationships, like I kind of shared before. So part of the challenge with being willing to address, um, mental health for what it really is and not being so taboo about it. I remember um, being in college and taking my first psychology course, my first intro to psychology. And I remember being frustrated because the discussion was around all these dead white guys <laughs> and having sex with your mother. Like who, where would you get this from? So Freud being the founder of, you know, modern psychoanalysis is often given credit for being the one to introduce us to the id and the ego and the superego and, you know, all these other things. And it, it, I was young. I was maybe 18 or 19 at the time. And I, it, it did, I didn't connect to it. It was very foreign to me because growing up, I didn't hear terms like that. I didn't remember being in situations, whether in church or in my home or in my school, where we talked about emotion, where we dealt with what is depression, what is anger, what is sadness, what is frustration, what is anxiety? Anxiety is not a word I remember hearing as a child or a young adult. I don't even remember if I I even understood anxiety. So just beginning to uh, experience this world of psychoanalysis, meaning uh, examine examination of the psyche or the soul, another way to put it. So uh, I struggled in that class because it just felt so odd to me that these guys from the 1900s <laughs> were trying to explain human development outside of God. They wanted to give name and title and definition to things outside of God, who created us, who made us, who crafted us. And then in the church, there's no one discussing, from what I can remember, anything that had to do with this side of our humanity that came from a biblical perspective, that came from a Christian viewpoint or Christian worldview that explained the soul, the emotions, the will, it was almost like you had to be a robot. You had to be this spiritual being that doesn't have struggles, that doesn't deal with ups and downs, that lives this perfect life where you don't have conflict or issues or challenges. And if you do, it's because you don't have enough faith or you're, you're not praying hard enough or that kind of thing, let alone people who actually had diagnosed mental challenges um, in, in the field of psychology, psychiatry, social work, and the mental health field. We have a manual called the diagnostic statistical manual. I think it's like volume five at this point where there's this, book that we use to diagnose different mental illnesses, meaning this is something that's prevalent, it's consistent, it follows like a textbook, quote unquote, um, process as far as how it presents itself, um, as far as the symptoms or, or the representation. And so you can almost always find that category 
in this book and give a diagnosis of some kind. Well, I didn't hear about that in the church. I didn't hear about that uh, in, in Christian circles. It was every, if there was an issue, it was pray about it. If there was a challenge, it was, you know, you need to have more faith in God. And some things are just a matter of being human, uh, being in this natural world, in this natural state and having those experiences versus it being a spiritual issue. So I just want to shed light on that as someone who lives in both worlds. I'm an academic, a scientist. I think I might've shared briefly. I'm, um, left my career many years ago when I started having children. So I, I graduated, got my master's degree, started working as a clinical social worker, doing therapy and counseling, uh, with children who had been abused, uh, children who are at risk families. I also worked in a transitional home for women who were coming out of domestic violence, uh, doing group therapy and other types of things. And then I started having my own children. So I felt this nudge to really raise them and come home. So I left my career but I never left my calling. So in 2019, after home educating, and I'm still doing that, but uh, I returned to school to pursue my PhD uh, in social work and infant mental health. And in the field that I'm in, infant mental health, everything is about the caregiving relationship between the baby or the child, the young child, and the caregiver or parent. Because That's what helps the baby to develop well. So going from being in the womb to developing as far as physiologically, there's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of the mental health that's being developed even while the baby is in utero, which we don't typically recognize or understand. We think, oh, they're in in the womb. They don't know anything. Or even when they're born and they're newborns and young children, oh, they don't know. They don't understand. Oh, they absolutely do. And it just shows the magnificence of our God and how he crafted us that not only is there an establishment of who we are physically being developed in the womb, but who we will be emotionally begins when we're being developed in the womb and then continue to expand based on the relationships we have with those who care for us. So last time we talked about your origin story. So I hope everybody did their life work and you wrote your origin story, but it's looking at those primary caregivers from your childhood, that primary environment uh, in, in which you developed with the relationships that you had and the encounters and experiences that you had. So mental health is not something that we should be afraid to talk about. As a matter of fact, I believe that the body of Christ should be at the forefront of the mental health discussion. We've heard in the recent years, um, mental health, mental health, mental awareness, anxiety, all these words that I don't remember hearing 10 years ago and not in the same way that we're hearing it now. You have athletes who are now bringing that to the forefront. You have people who are, who are advocating for therapy and counseling um, and therapy and counseling are not the same thing. And we'll talk about that at a later date, but just to understand that there's nothing wrong with counsel. As a matter of fact, scripture tells us that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. There's nothing wrong with godly, healthy counseling. The challenge is that we have put this attitude and perspective around seeking help or even just seeking support 
There doesn't have to be something wrong per se to get help and to get support. It just means that you may need a different perspective or vantage point. And so I think that the church, the body of Christ should be at the forefront of the mental health conversation instead of being those who have villainized people who struggle with mental illness. Or, I mean, if we look at it this way, for example, most people, if they have something as minor as a headache, don't run to a doctor to get a prescription for a headache. If they just, it just comes out of the blue, they may take some Tylenol, and what have you, they just address their headache and they keep it moving and it probably resolves. But why did they get the headache? Who knows? It could be numerous. They may have eaten something that they shouldn't have eaten. They may not have had enough sleep. Um, they, a, a light might have shined in their eye too brightly. Who knows the reason? But the headache came. They addressed it and the headache went away. But what happens when it's migraines and they're chronic and they don't leave and they don't dissipate and you see these symptoms over and over and over again? Should they not? pursue some type of examination, I would think that in most cases, you're probably going to go to a medical doctor, get examined and try to find out the source or the cause of that migraine, especially when they're chronic and unending. It's no different with our souls. It's no different with our emotions and our feelings. Sometimes we have feelings and emotions that arise. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Anger in and of itself is not sinful. It's the reaction to it, how we respond to it. So if we have anger that rises up because something happened and we should, that's a justifiable response to unfairness. You know, that's a justifiable response to something that was unjust. And that's totally okay response, but you shouldn't sin because of it. But if that anger keeps rising and it's unrelenting and it seems like in every circumstance, the anger just never dissipates. There is nothing wrong with getting an evaluation to determine what is the cause, what is the source of that. So I think that if we begin to recognize that just as our bodies can go through different challenges because they're fallen again and subject to the elements and, and to age, you know, to damage, so, so can our emotions. And sometimes there's a deeper cause. Sometimes it's just as simple as, an event happened and this is a response I'm having to an event. So I, part of being able to open up the discussion even more as we carry on in future episodes is to, to encourage women, educate, empower, to embrace emotional healing. We are not going to be able to show up and do what we need to do, show up and be who we need to be if we're carrying all this emotional baggage. So truly embracing emotional healing, but then also eradicating stigma because if we hold on to the stigma, we're less likely to go and get evaluated, to go to therapy, to go to counseling, to talk about our emotion, to look back at our past and and address the trauma or address the concerns and issues. So I hope that uh we have at least begun the conversation and I, I I like to keep these episodes short, but I know we're going to get into some deep subjects in the future. So I want to just kind of start a little lighter with just some explanations and hopefully move forward to uh, what might be next for us. I think the life work for this time is going to be to write out what you believe about mental health and mental illness. Write down just what are 
your thoughts about it, what your feelings are about it, what you understand or don't understand. Just kind of get it jotted down. I, I don't know if I told you yet that I'm a journaler. I like to journal. I like to write. I think I'm a writer. I wouldn't have called myself that before, but a lot of my assignments will have you doing some writing uh, because I think it helps you to reflect and even take out from just thinking about something. And when you put it down into words, it kind of brings uh, some realness to it. So I think, I think this time for our life work, I would ask if you would be willing to write out what you believe about mental health, what you believe about mental illness, your thoughts and feelings and reactions when you hear about it, your own mental health and mental illness story as as much as you know it to this point. So yeah, just taking some time to really reflect on whether or not you carry any stigma as it relates to mental health and mental illness. So just starting with yourself. And then if you choose to, the second half of that, I would imagine is to, what do you understand to be the stigma that is more uh, prevalent in society and even in the church? So start with yourself, what your beliefs are about it, and then move to society and the church and what you believe are some of the attitudes uh, around mental health and mental illness. I think that's a good place to go next. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.